I feel like you really have to bear down. You have to really look at your processes and, and, and it's not about, we always go, we need more calls. We need more calls. You know what we need to be doing? We need to be taking care better of the calls that we have in front of us and running them instead of worrying about the next call. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your host, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, hanging out with you again and looking forward to a great show today as we invite on master electrician, Tony Zach. He's going to be talking about what he's doing at his shop in the electrical and plumbing trades and so much more. It's going to be a great conversation. Before we get to him and uh, all the things that he's going to be bringing to the show, Brian and I are going to spend a little bit of time breaking that down for you. And we're going to turn to Brian for our quote. People need to hear the vision seven times before they actually hear it for the first time. You'll have to adjust your outlook from, I've told them three times, this is so frustrating, to, I've told them three times, only four more to go. Gino Wickman from Traction. You know, I think that's such a powerful quote, Brian, because I find, unfortunately, that it resonates in my own life. Um, in both as the listener and as the giver of information. Um, you know, I think it's, it's one of, uh, the shortcomings of leadership to think that, well, I, I already told him, like I told him once I told him twice, you know, we went over this three times and to think that that is going to be sufficient in terms of communicating anything, much less large topics like vision and, and you know, growth and leadership and things like that. And so such a great reminder. And Gino has a, a really clever way of putting that into perspective. Yeah, he sure does. I was, I was, uh, re rereading traction. I don't know what third or fourth time. How many times did we read it back? Several, but, um, every time it's one of those books, man, you haven't read the book. Have you Nate? <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I actually made the whole way through the book or not, but I mean, lived it. For, and how, and how long have you been in? For, yeah, you've been in EOS how long now? Uh, twenty eighteen. Six years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Since twenty eighteen, probably have not finished the book. <laughs> <laughs> I would be disappointed, but I'm jaded. I'm jaded yeah. and being disappointed in you at this point. <laughs> right back at you, buddy. Um, so I'm reading it or I just finished it again because we had our first as a, as a new leadership team, we had our first EOS offsite today with the amazing CJ Dubay, who is our implementer. Uh, CJ's awesome. Um, and reading the book, I ran across that quote and I'm like, oh man. And I, I like, of course pulled over and came to a complete stop and put it in park and turned my flashers on. And then, you know, swipe down and hit, backed it up and hit the record button, screen record, and then uh, stopped it there. And then when I got home, I jotted it down in my notepad and I'm like, yeah, and I, 
I sent it to the leadership team here. And then I even posted it on Facebook. So I'm like, that's one of those quotes that, that led into that, their, you know, RPRS, GWC, the people analyzer. And it, it's, it's like all starts there. And that part was so revolutionary. I can't say enough about EOS and, and really like, I always want to do the episode where, where our old leadership team in Lancaster gets together and, and just goes over how we went from 6 million to what would we do end up last year? 33 million, 6 million to 33 million in eight years, right? Maintaining incredibly high, high, uh, profit margin. And I think it would be a great episode. It's just going to be difficult to get that many people have to be at least five of us right on, <laughs> on an episode together without being utter chaos. But, um, but the one, the, the most impactful thing for me in, in all of that was the, the people analyzer GWC, get it, want it, have the capacity, right person, right seat, the RPRS concept made management for me so much easier not and when i say easier i just mean more efficient because i it gave me the ability to tap you know what i considered a friend on the shoulder and say we're going to do this exercise together and and you just together you do do you get it right do you get what this role requires and what it what it takes do you really really want it and do you have the capacity not to just do it, but to excel at it? And when you really break this down and you read the definitions out of traction for what these these three things mean, oftentimes you would have I would have people come to the conclusion themselves that this is not the role for them. And nobody wants to take the pride hit in admitting like this role is is out of my realm of capabilities. But you watch a person in the wrong role become more and more miserable and less and less happy. And the the team deserves a structure where everyone in a leadership position or any position really is in that position and and it fits their perf- personality and profile and it, and it gives them joy to do that job. And you see it all the time where it's right person. They're a great fit for the company, but they're in the wrong seat. So the the joy and and the good person that this person used to be to, to be around has diminished and they're just grumpy and cranky. And I've been there, been there myself. You put me in a role where I'm dealing with too much of the operational side and not enough with the people side, and you see my my mood going down and and declining. And I see it myself, but I don't want to say, you know, everyone I'm I'm fine to ask for help, but who the heck wants to say like I can't do this, you know, but, uh, kudos to Matt Buckwalter and Aaron Buckwalter because they, they would see that stuff, man. And they, they at some point decided like, you know, we had that sit down in the conference room. It was like, we've got some role change ideas and, you know, it was always team decision. Like, what do we think? And it was like, take the operational piece and make me the vice president of sales. And now I'm just motivate revenue, um, push guys to hit goals, set goals, get better. Like that's, that's me in my natural state, you know? And, uh, it, I still oversaw the op operations managers, but we had operations managers who, who could actually do the tasks. And I just oversaw it, which was much 
much uh, more in my skill set. So the right person, right seat concept. I've seen it work miracles in the lives of people over and over and over again. And I know a lot of people who are in EOS. This is the entrepreneurial operating system. If you read the book Traction by Gino Wickman, you get a real introduction to it. And the only reason I want to bring it up, like we're not getting paid to to talk about traction unless Gino Wickman wants to send us a check. We would not decline it. Not right? a, not opposed. Yeah. He's not even part of uh, EOS anymore, but but um I know a lot of people who are quote unquote in EOS who don't use an implementer and have never used an implementer. And they run you through the program for the first two years. Like they walk you through it and get you where you need to be. And then you make the decision whether you want to stay aboard or do it yourself. And you should be equipped to do it yourself. Doesn't mean it's the best idea, but you should be able to by that point. And I, for us, it was such a game changer. And for the lives of so many people who worked with us, it, it was a game changer. And so many very large companies that we know exploded when they got on the EOS system. And I'm not recommending a certain implementer, although reach out. I know a couple in, in or probably several in different uh, markets. Um, but for me, just just jump online and find an implementer in your area and have an interview and see what they say they can do for your organization. It's a total, it's almost miraculous. And for us, you know, for two and a half weeks, we've just been running around with our hair on fire in this organization not uh, the biggest stress I've dealt with in an organization because it's pretty small. But one day, sit down, jot down all the issues, jot down all the things that need to get accomplished in the next you know, 90 days, set the rocks as you do in, in the EOS system. And like we walk out of there like, huh, yeah, this is going to be pretty easy. <laughs> it just compartmentalizes <laughs> everything for you. You know, It helps to have someone the caliber of CJ Dubay and Brian White, who we had with us for so many years and you still have with you. And, but it's a process and, and you have someone walking you through that process and, and showing you exactly how to do it and really putting a level of accountability in there to make sure it gets done. Just go do it. Just go do it. Look, if you're in your own truck, uh, you're not there yet. I get it. But if you're manning a team of five, eight, 10, 12 people, probably a good idea to take a look at it. If you're a tech in a service vehicle, I would definitely talk to your leadership team about doing something like this because it's so good all the way to the technician level. Well, speaking of right person in the right seat, Brian, uh, we're soon going to be putting Tony Zach in your passenger seat, and he is the right man for the job. But before we do that, it's the special time of the week where we focus on one of our lovely waste no day reviews so who's on the docket for today amazing crew to listen to and grow with five stars not one week goes by that there isn't something to reach every listener listening today call to action was including dub nd in the review i wouldn't send a tech to a roadblock if i know there was there will be issues with that customer Keep a nice straight lane to achieve the best possible outcome. Thank you, Nate and Brian, for a well-balanced discussion every week. You are appreciated. Doc Robinson. 
Well, Doc Robinson, I appreciate you for listing my name first. That is that is appreciated. Yeah, this is some kind of epidemic going on right now, and I'm going to stop reading these people's reviews <laughs> who clearly don't don't have the uh, alphabet mastered because, you know, <laughs> even if it was the fact that I'm an alpha and Nate's a beta, the, oh, the, the wow. alphabet itself is wrong. It's B before N. You understand, guys? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. All right. Look, yep. we appreciate you, Doc Robinson. That's awesome of you to take the time, not just to hit the five-star button or write us a little message, but that was a good long message that took some thought. And uh, I love the fact that an analogy was thrown in there. So um, thank you again, Doc, for writing that review. And if you want to write us a review, we greatly appreciate it. It's uh, reading these messages. I don't know. Like we talk about, what is it for you right now, buddy? 10, 1030? Almost 1020. Yep. 1020 PM on a Wednesday night. Nate's up dragging through this thing, barely holding his eyes open. And, uh, I'm telling you one thing that gets him to keep doing it week after week is hearing from and seeing these reviews where people are like, it's helping me because Nate True loves story. to help people. He doesn't like to talk to them in person, <laughs> but he does love helping people and uh, still never made a dime off this show. All he gets paid is your love in these reviews. Yeah. So if you're looking to hear more of my voice, use my name first, of course, in the reviews. <sighs> Don't uh, do that. Otherwise, I'll, I'll take the absence of my name as an indicator that everybody would just like me to exit the show and Brian to take over, which just sounds disastrous. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, before we go... <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my man, uh, Jack Johnston, uh, that has a T in it, although I wanted to say Jack Johnson. Not only did my man shave off about 18 inches of glorious beard uh, because he because I joined his team recently, and you know how I frown upon such facial hair. <laughs> I, I do. But either the day he did it or the next day, he went to a maintenance call, plumbing maintenance, water heater flush. And he sold $7,200 in mostly water treatment, you know, which Ooh. is a big thing for me. My man. And uh, was singing about it, practically singing in the office. Jack Johnson songs. Yeah. Uh, upside down, banana, banana pancakes. Banana you know, pancakes. <laughs> all the songs from the Curious George movie with Will Ferrell. Um, <laughs> he said he sold he sold a job once with four tankless water heaters for 26 grand. So like, it's not even close to the biggest job he's ever sold, but the fact that it was on a maintenance and until this past couple weeks, he's looked at maintenance as kind of throwaway calls, just like you do. Most of the people listening, knock it off. Um, and he's like over the moon. He said it was the most exciting he's ever been selling a plumbing job because it was on a maintenance and it, and it, even seem like the client was more happy than a typical client. That is how it works, man, especially with water treatment. Like you, you really enhance the plumbing system that they've grown accustomed to. They barely smell and taste the junk in the water. They barely realize how rough it is on the skin with all that chlorine and hardness. They've forgotten about having to squeegee their shower doors or just look at that crap all over them. And they're, you know what I mean? Just hook your client up, whatever, whatever, field you're in a maintenance call is not to be treated like a throwaway these people unlike the demand call that you're paying google a fortune to uh, do you the favor of hooking you up with these people are paying you 
to be there. Can't have a better client. She got to take care of him. Shout out to my man, Jack. I'm telling you, it was the shave. Had nothing to do with the training or your determination or his <laughs> awesome role play that he's he's done, uh, I think, twice now in the last two weeks. Come up in front of the team and done some role play. Um, it was all the fact that you shaved. So congrats to you on that. Nice. Uh, the beard, the beard, we mourn for the beard, but we celebrate the success. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> speaking of success, it's about time to put a successful guy in your passenger seat. And so we're going to do that right now and put Mr. Tony Zach in your passenger seat. Yeah! Our guest today is Tony Zach. He lives in Conway, South Carolina which is right outside of Myrtle Beach. He owns two branded service companies, a Mr. Sparky Electric and a Benjamin Franklin Plumbing. They have locations in Myrtle Beach, Wilmington, North Carolina, Carolina, and Florence, South Carolina. Tony is an electrician by trade and loves the plumbing trade as well. He started in the service business in 2010 with one technician and himself and is now up to 70 technicians and growing. His wife thought he was nuts, but supported his leap of faith. And they have been blessed ever since. He has two children, both in college, and both have been involved in the trades while growing up in some way or another, and were on ride-alongs many times when they were too small to stay at home by themselves. He considers himself fortunate because he loves what he does and the people around him. With that, welcome to the show, Tony. Hey, man, it's great to be here. Great to be here. It's always, always great to talk to Tony Zach. I, I find you to be one of the better one of the better leaders in our industry and a, a truly awesome, fun, smart. I mean, I'll, I'll say the uh, ideal team player, Patrick Lencioni. I find Tony to be hungry, humble, and smart. Very humble, very intelligent, good at what he does, and. Oh, look at that. Patrick Lencioni book on his desk. We did not have that conversation. <laughs> um, and anytime I get a chance to talk to Tony, man, I'm I'm thrilled and take that opportunity. So welcome to the show, buddy. Great to talk yeah, to you. Man, likewise. Likewise, guys. I, I, I love what you do. I think what you do for the trade is is fantastic. And, you know, just your input to uh, to all the tradesmen out there, you know. Uh, just the, the direction and the motivation that you're giving a lot of these guys. And we talked a little bit prior to this about motivation and drive and, you know, and that's really what separates the men from the boys is the drive in them. Uh, motivation's temporary, but we all need it. And it's always good to drink some Kool-Aid and get going. So, well, looking forward you know, to doing, I, doing Nate, a little bit Nate, of that today, please, Tony. Buddy, please let him, he was complimenting us. Keep, uh, keep going, Tom. Don't listen to him. Let me unplug his mic real quick. You keep talking, Tony. Uh, yeah, I was I was actually uh, reading the Zig Ziglar quote about uh, motivation because I am I fully understand that discipline trumps motivation by a long shot. Like discipline is what's just going to keep you going and keep you showing up where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there when you don't feel like it. But I'm a big fan of motivation. And um, I always fall back on the Zig Ziglar quote where he said, people say motivation doesn't work because it doesn't last. And to that we say, neither does bathing. That's why you do it every day. Ooh. And I'm a big fan of motivation because I just see the difference. Regardless of how process-oriented 
our teams can be and I myself can be, like call it uh, my gym time in the morning. If I just get up, and I'm going to get up at 345 now since I moved to Arizona, you know, a little bit of a nice time break there where it's three hours earlier. I, I conditioned myself to wake up at 345 in the morning instead of the 415, 430 I was waking up in Pennsylvania. So I get up at 345. I'm going to get ready, drive to the gym, work out. No question about it. But if I watch a video of like a, you know, some bodybuilders or like a hype video or some good hype music, you know, I get a better lift. I'm still going to do the exact system I was planning on doing that day. It's going to be a successful lift, but with a little extra motivation, it's better. And when I, when I give our guys a little hype in the morning, regardless of how good they are at their process and they're a little happier, they're a little more grateful, they're a little more uh, motivated. It's a better, it's a better day. And whatever metric you want to measure customer service reviews, club memberships, revenue, it just tends to be a better day. I completely agree with that. You know, I, and that is discipline, right? You know, so if I feel like I'm in a little off mood in the morning, I'm making sure that I'm listening to some good old 80s hair band rock on the way in just so that I'm in a good mood when I get into the office because it starts with you and your team will pick right up on that. So, you know, it's that daily discipline, like you said, I mean, but you have to have the drive to continue to do that motivation. It really is a discipline and and you hit it spot on. It's like, I know I can't go in being the second most enthusiastic person in the building and expect to motivate anybody. So part of my discipline is to get enthusiastic and motivated before I walk in that door. And the, the lift helps with that tremendously. It just shakes all the cobwebs out. For me, oftentimes it's the negativity or fear that's just kind of ingrained in me that it just it gets left in sweat on the gym floor and I go in there ready to take the world on. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'd love to hear y'all train sometime. Oh, oh yeah, we'll make that, that happen. Oh, my word, Tony, don't It's about time. Okay. I thought you'd we, never ask. We got a podcast to do. <laughs> I'm feeling a trip to Myrtle Beach coming, buddy. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be great. That'd be great. I think that October, fantastic time to come. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I think that's my wife's favorite state, South Carolina. That's where she wants to live uh, eventually. Yeah, so there you go. Well, Tony, Phoenix is a long way from here. Yeah, yeah, it is, Brian. Let's just keep you over there, buddy. So, anyways, Tony, <laughs> uh, Tony. Speaking of of walking through the door and, and being enthusiastic, where where is your door located, and uh, what trades are you in? So we are our door is located in Myrtle Beach. That's one facility. That's our headquarters. Is Myrtle Beach? Good old dirty Myrtle. And we've got a facility in Florence, South Carolina, which is about an hour from here. And then we're also in Wilmington. Um, and so we have a Mr. Sparky in all three locations. And we have a Benjamin Franklin Plumbing in two locations. I am an uh, electrician by trade uh, who has grown to absolutely love the plumbing service side of our business as well. Cause it is fast. Finally graduated to the big, <clears throat> the big leagues. Nice. That's right. That's right. That's an innate. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's just, look, I, if you'd have told me people reacted like that over, a you know, a clogged commode when they have two in their house, I, I just would not believe it. But yeah, you're, <laughs> you're, you're hustling for that, for that other commode. <laughs> so, yeah it's been it's been a very interesting uh learning process of the plumbing 
I've always done some plumbing, right? And I never really had the uh, the wherewithal to know everything that goes into plumbing, but I have found it to be so interesting because I chuckle with all the shade tree plumbers or uh, the handyman plumbers, and I'm like, you, it's just absolutely insane that you're going to trust your home to that person. With you know, and I'm not saying, look, I mean, you could tighten a nut here, tighten a nut there, but there are so many technical things to the plumbing trade that I just think people have absolutely no no clue about. Yeah, and, and I know they're that way on the electrical side. I mean, I I just had a friend of mine today said, well, Google told me this. And I know you're a master electrician, but this is what Google said. I'm like, <laughs> I don't question you as a pharmacist, do I? <laughs> I know you're a, you're a master electrician, but <laughs> yeah, but my but phone Google told said, me this. Uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Completely overloaded wire. I mean, just completely. And I was like, okay, well, I can't make that repair unless I replace. And it just would not have any of it. So. Well, I'm, gu I'm guessing I Google get shot involved. right out and fixed it for him, so he's probably in good shape. Yeah, I guess so, man. I don't really get involved a lot in that anymore. I enjoy when I do. You know, I do miss the field. I mean, I really do. I, I, uh, I try to stay involved. A lot of my managers are like, "No, you're we're we're good without you in the field right now." <laughs> you know, and as we've continued to grow, the more I'm out of the field, and and man, I really miss it. So. I miss that customer interaction as far as being having the face-to-face -face interaction and uh, and just really being on that side of our business instead of the business side of our business. But that's what's you know that's what's important to for us to continue to grow is for me to 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 have that step off of the business side. You know, to be in the business working on the business, not in the day to day. And I've got a manager out. So that's why I had to do what we did today. Delegate and elevate. Yeah, that's exactly right. But it doesn't mean that you don't miss where you came from. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a, uh, even the painful parts of, of every position I, I like, I feel like I advanced from, you know, and let go of, um, and maybe the, the more painful parts and the bigger struggles are the parts you miss the most, but I definitely miss every, every role I've had before the one I'm currently in, in, in a small way, in a much bigger way. I'm glad I'm not there anymore, but in a small way, sure. there are parts of it I miss. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The no, commode, I mean, I as you know. put it, is not one of them. <laughs> yeah. The commode. <laughs> The good old that's, that's Southern speak toilet. for toilet for the rest of the world <laughs> listening. Yes. Yes. Water heater. Yeah. Water, hot water heater. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, Tony, so you are a master electrician, but uh, I'm, I'm sure things didn't start off that way. So talk to us about your origin story. How did you get into the trades? What did that look like? And uh, what's your journey been? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually been pretty interesting. So my background's always been in sales. I I uh, got out of school and started working for a supply house that did that sold electrical supplies. They sold industrial supplies, and so you know when I remember talking with the guy who interviewed me, he's like, "Do you know anything about electrical?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I can change a light bulb." And I said, "That's about the extent of it." He Smartest goes, electrician You'll I know. So great. <laughs> You'll be great. Come on down, you know. And so uh, I started that, but it was all of an industrial background. And fortunately, I had 
my my first boss you know after school was was a great guy who believed in training and he invested in training you know there's there's one thing to say you know like i believe in training and i hope that my you know that my teammates will go train and uh you know their own personal growth right but this guy would bring in i mean well and we were in sales so he brought in a lot of different trainers and we were learning about switch gear and we were learning about starters and you know contactors relays all of this control uh apparatus and this was back in the 90s and and i i, I loved it and so fortunately i was able to uh to to really take a liking to that. I did a lot of inside sales, finally got into an outside sales role where I was able to walk down plant lines and, and really get into the automation side of it with drives and controls and PLCs and, you know, like I said, big switch gear and, and that type transformers. And so then he was like, okay, well, you've done well on that. You know, I know we're not a residential house or we don't do a lot of commercial, but I'm going to go let you be free labor for these contractors that we do deal with. And so, uh, I was free labor for them. I'd go on projects and of course, you know, you know what free labor gets to go do, right? <laughs> so, uh, but I learned a ton, you know, I was the guy running around with the Romex and we have crawl spaces more so in that area than we do in this area. It's all slab work here, but <clears throat> and I really enjoyed that learning about, you know, running wire the best way and uh you know and, and then on the commercial side where you get into mc cable and you're getting into some of your larger commercial panels and setups that way and uh and just really knocking out production style work and so did that then i went to work for some manufacturers i worked for south wire i worked for uh, as a rep i didn't work for them you know, as the company, but I worked for them as a rep. I worked for Intermatic, Rab Lighting, um, you know, all kinds of conduit companies, Allied Conduit, you name it. And, and that was neat because I was able to see real big jobs. I was able to help negotiate real big jobs and uh, put together buys for a year for like residential contractors on their Romex wire. This was before copper really started bouncing around and would get crazy. We'd lock them in for you know we'd sell them by just sell just crazy amounts of, of romex or crazy amounts of service cable and you know if there was a big plant being built then we wanted the conduit buy on that plant whether it be rigid emt what have you so i was able to experience a lot of that negotiating really loved that job and uh, then i had an opportunity to come back and run an electrical supply house uh guy out of uh richmond at the time um richmond virginia wanted to open a branch in my hometown or close to my hometown in myrtle beach it got me back to the beach and i loved it and uh i was able to work across the counter from you know a lot of my friends now that are electrical contractors in this area i mean i got to meet all of them and i would always bust their chops i'm like why don't you guys sell surge protection why aren't you guys selling dimmers? Why aren't you guys like offering this stuff? And, and they're looking at me scratching their head. And this is in the, you know, 2005, 2006 area. And they're scratching their heads like, you know, look, we'll put it in if they ask for it, but we're not offering it. 
And I'm like, you know, you could increase your sales by doing this. And it, you know, just kind of got laughed off on that. And, and I was trying to figure a way out as to how I could get this product to their end users as a supply house, which was next to impossible because supply houses deal with contractors. They don't deal with the general public. And, um, so anyway, my biggest customer was the largest residential contractor in this area. They do a ton of, of uh, track home and they deal with all the big national builders. They deal with regional builders and they even deal with some of the smaller local area builders that do a real good job in this area. And somebody out of the blue from Mr. Sparky called me one day working at a supply house and said, you know, you, you need to look into this. And I laughed and I'm like, no, uh, you need to call my, one of my customers. They're the electricians. I'm a supplier. And anyway, the dialogue continued and he finally asked me the right way one day. He said, you know, why don't you come work with me instead of for me? And, uh, I jumped, um, just my wife thought I was absolutely nuts. We had just come through, you know, the 08, I, uh, the right. 08 recession, yeah. the great recession. And she's like, what the heck are you doing? And uh, I was like, if I don't jump now, I'll never, you know, my kids are, I can, I can come right back into this industry and pick up on the supply side of things. And, you know, I've done enough electrical work, even though I've been on the supplier side that I feel real comfortable, went out, got my license and started Mr. Sparky with myself and one other tech and thank the good Lord. We've never looked back. Wow. That's incredible. And, and now how many techs are, are you up to in, in the Sparky side? On the Sparky side, between the three locations, we are at, I believe, right at about 40. Wow. And then, yeah. and at what point did no, you... No, and that includes installers as well, right? Yeah. So we have two types sure. of electricians. We have installers and we have our technicians. Yep. And then at what point did you add on the plumbing arm? After I got tired of referring so many of them and getting the complaints that, who did you refer to me? And I was like, you know, we can do this. So we, we started our first VIN in 2015, and I didn't have a clue as to what I was doing. So I hired a, a, a good master plumber, and he was good to grow the business. We were way too slow to grow the business. Huge mistake. But we slow grew it and picked up a tech here and picked up a tech here and um, so that was in 2015 and then in 2020, we opened up our second Sparky location, 2021, 2022, we opened up in Florence with both another plumbing company as well as another Mr. Sparky and they've done real well. That's a small market, uh, you know, about 130,000 population base. So it's, it's been a little bit of a challenge, but, uh, just because it's not set up this way. Um, and you don't want to kill your guys with running after hours and overtime and that. So it's been a challenge in the personnel, you know, it's just, it's so important for people not to get burned out in this job. And it is so easy to get burned out in this job. So it's a, that's been a struggle, but it's been doing very well. We've got some great guys up there and it's all about the people. Well, that's a great place to uh, kick it off there, Tony. So it's all about the people. We talked a little bit about motivation. We talked about drive and things like that. So I want to start off there. 40 technicians on the electrical side with another, uh, how many plumbers do you have on that on the, on the plumbing wing? 
Uh, we are at about 30. Wow. Right so you're talking about yeah. 70, 70 frontline employees who are either installing or, or doing service or maintenance work. That's a lot of guys, which means there's a lot of attitudes. There's a lot of at-home <laughs> situations. There's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of life happens. There's a lot of mood changes. There's a lot of everything going on. So how do you keep 70 guys focused on serving the client and winning the day? You have, you have, you have a great leadership team and, and, and look, and that's, that's really where it all starts. And you have, you have to continually groom all of, all of your team and not everybody's a leader. And I understand that, but you're always looking for the next leader. Um, and, and it's, you know, you, you can identify pretty well. Uh, you don't have to have a title to be a leader, right? And, and that's always been one of the most fascinating things for me to watch and pick up on is like, you know, who, who's, who's really leading this room? You know, it's, it's, it may not be my, uh, my field supervisor. It may be one of the guys who's, who's in his training room with him, who's being the silent leader but he shows up on time, right? Like he may be our top tech, but he shows up on time and he's in his uniform and, and the other guys are watching his success. And that's leadership right there, right? He's, he's got his head down. He's doing it. He makes, you know, he may not be the vocal leader, but he is the leader. And so, yeah, I, I mean, it really all starts with the people, like we said, and we, we bring in a guy who's really helped my business grow. He comes in every Tuesday. We train leadership with, uh, with all of our leaders. We train leadership with either John Maxwell. Uh, yeah, I mean, even, yeah, you, you know, the soup of the day, right? So whoever's in leadership, we're talking about that stuff, and, and we're trying to grow as leaders. And look, we all fall short of that mark at some point in time, but the important thing is, are we learning from it? And so, you know, those guys and how they react and interact with our employees, right? I'm a very big person on being an advocate. When, an, when one of our teammates comes up to us and they've got a problem, it doesn't mean we can always fix it with a different process. But we need to listen and we need to see if we can refine or make things better for them. Um, and, you you know, and it, it, you always have, like you said, you got 70 different people. I've got great technicians. Some guys have to take their kids to school, right? So they can't take them in our company vehicle. So they're going to be a little late here and there. And, and you have to be able to understand that. And it doesn't make them a bad, it makes them a great person in my and my my thoughts because they're they're handling what's the most important thing every day and then you have another tech who sees that and says that's not fair well you know stay in your lane worry about what you have you know how successful you are this guy's got to do this for his family maybe it's temporary maybe it's not maybe he has to go to marriage counseling on wednesdays at three or four o'clock and he's got to get tagged out for that i mean we have to be a dynamic employer to, in today's society because it's not like my dad would go out and grind, you know, from seven to three o'clock every single day. You need a day off. You're not getting that day off. It depends on if you've got vacation or not. But, you know, so it's 
to me, it's you've got to be family first, and and you can't just talk the talk. You've got to walk that walk, and they've got to see it. Like I want your son's football schedule. You know, I just had a interaction with one of my plumbing technicians, and he was like, you know, I'm not missing my son's Saturday game, and I'm like, well, you didn't miss one all last year because you were you gave me his football schedule, and why haven't you given that to me yet this year so I can be proactive, right? I can cover the schedule. That's why it's great to have 70 guys, but I can't cover the schedule when you let me know that morning. It makes it a lot more difficult. I'm going to figure it out for you the best I can, but you really put everybody in a bind. Right, yeah. Yeah, and what what a great uh, cultural ambassador you are at, at that point, you know, making the most of that opportunity and encouraging better behavior at the same time, you know, extending grace while also extending expectation. And that's, you know, that's one thing that I think every leader struggles with, which is what is the balance? You know, what are we looking for in terms of expectation versus how far are we willing to bend on, on the things that, you know, interfere with uh, the execution of that expectation? So let's, uh, don't normally do this, but let's start on the negative side here. So, you know, you're, you have 70 frontline employees who are serving customers on a daily basis. What are some of the biggest challenges that you find just across the board in dealing with technicians. Like if you're speaking to technicians right now, which a lot of our listeners are address for them, like, Hey, here's, you know, here's Tony Zach's top three things that I see in technicians that if they would change, if they would, if they would change their attitude or perspective or habits or whatever, it would go so much better. And why? Well, you know, I'm smiling when we're talking about negative, but, Y'all had a y'all had a way y'all had a podcast not that long ago that I absolutely loved where it was okay you know let's shave your head right like let's get a decent haircut okay <laughs> let's have good personal appearance you know and 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 look and I was definitely you know I yeah I mean look at my haircut you know it's all perfect like the old uh, who was the Dallas Cowboy coach there uh, Jimmy whatever but you know. <laughs> Like, and I don't expect that, right? Like it, it takes all walks of life, right? And it does, but you know, it de- depending on what market you're in, right? So we're in an older retiree market. They like clean cut. They are checking your gig line when you walk in. And if you don't know what your gig line is, is, is your belt and your zipper line matching, right? Are your <laughs> shoes tied? How do they look? Do you have holes all in your shoes? Are you wearing... Are you wearing uh, uh, steel toe boots with with the steel showing? I mean, <laughs> so to me, personal appearance is is, is top, right? Uh, you have to have good personal appearance, and it makes a difference. The little things make such a big difference. A clean band, not just the exterior. You know, don't be riding around looking like the old service guy with ten pounds of paper on your dash. You know, a hat and a, you know, not a hoodie, but a, a beanie up sitting up there as well. I mean, be presentable. People are looking at this. You're getting ready to do work in my in my home and your truck is trashed. What are you going to do to my house? So definitely personal appearance um, and being on time is another big thing with me. Um, I like to get meetings started at, if we are meeting at 730, I want the door shut at 730. Uh, do guys still walk in after that? They do. Um, they get made just, fun of like, oh, like they do in my meetings. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I can I can call you out real Rose, oh, I, I stop the meeting, walk over, give him a fist bump, tell him, Oh good, you're here, now we can start or you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I may be a little more sarcastic than that, you know, just saying. Um <laughs> but you know, it's just to drive home the point and it's all in good, you know, it's all in good. Like I said earlier, you know, it's very important for everybody to get out of here on the right foot. You know, I want you to be set up for success that day. Um, so if, if there's something that we've got to talk to you maybe about that happened the day before, um, you know, that's coming up first and what a great job you did after that call on the next call, you you smoked it. You did good. This is how you need to run every call. I don't know what happened to you on your first call yesterday, but you know, what can we do to, to, to enable you to do better? Like, what can I help you do to do better today? So, uh, but yeah. And so <clears throat> that, uh, I mean, those are really my two biggest things. Um, and, and when I talk about personal appearance, right, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's all relative to where you're at. So I'm not, if, if you've got a goatee or you've got a long beard, whatever works for you, it may work for you. But I think that you'll be a lot more successful the more clean cut you are, it depending on the market, you know, and, and our markets. Doesn't matter. Have an old, market you know, is not dependent. It's, it's, a, okay. it's a real matter of, there's a, there is a, Maybe shrinking, maybe small, but there is a percentage of people that you will turn off with a shaggy beard and a dirty shirt and and a different look to your uniform than the last tech had or, you know, the crooked gig line or a dark colored shirt showing through underneath your white shirt or whatever. An untucked shirt turns certain oh. people off. Yeah. And the the it's it's not like if you clean up your your appearance you're going to sell every call you go to it's not that and it's not and i love this because inevitably like six guys who look like they play for zz top are going to be up in my dms after this show to say that look i have an 18 inch beard and it's never stopped me from selling and the answer is always the same how do you know have, are you a hundred percent closer if you're not a hundred percent closer, then you have no idea what's been stopping your sales. And if it's, hey, if if it's eighty-two percent and the other eighteen percent failed financing, I'm not going to argue with you. You're doing all right. But since yeah. we know that's not the case, you're probably like a sixty-five, seventy percent closer. If you shave, you might be a seventy-five, eighty percent closer because you don't know who you're turning off with that. But a clean-shaven face has never cost anyone a sale. So why put that between you and your, your client? And, and that's, that's just scratching the surface. I think facial hair like tattoos is just kind of becoming more and more accepted. Um, but, a, but a disheveled appearance, untucked shirt, boot laces tucked in or whatever, and just kind of shaggy looking and not tied up, um, wearing a, different, a bit of different uniform than the rest of the, the team, all that. That's not going anywhere. There are people who want the person who is going to service their home to show up looking as clean and tidy as their home does. And if you don't, they don't trust you. They don't think you can look like that. Treat yourself like that. Treat your truck like that and treat their home any better. Why would they? 
No, I, I, and I agree. I mean, it's one less thing to have to worry about, right? And how easy is what we're talking about to do, right? I mean, it's uh, personal appearance and, you know, your personal hygiene. Yeah, like if you smoke cigarettes, okay, but make sure you got a pack of gum right beside you. You know, don't knock Miss Smith's uh, It's don't, tough, man. Don't knock on her door and, uh, and knock her out when you open the door and you're like, hi, I'm... Uh, <laughs> You know, <laughs> and you can't. But and you can't like do anything you had coffee with your and cigarettes today. Like it's no, you it's can't. Still stuck you to can't. your shirt. It's stuck to your hair, and you can spray all the cologne you want. Dude, Tom Hopkins said this in 2004. Tom Hopkins, the uh, Godfather of Selling, uh, on the Waste No Day podcast. I don't know what episode that was. Hey, let's edit that in, Nate, and make me sound like I have a good memory. All right, buddy. <laughs> we'll cut that in. Uh, he said in like 0405, and I was a smoker at the time, and had and smoked for 16 years. He said at one of his seminars that I was at, there are two things you can't be at the same time in the minds of many of your clients these days. Like it or not, you can't be intelligent and a smoker. And that's not all of your clients, but if you don't think you have clients that feel that way, you are kidding yourself. And if you think you don't have clients that when you walk in smelling like cigarette smoke, they immediately want you to leave. If you don't think that's the case, you're kidding yourself. Oh, yeah, I agree 100% on that. There are people who do not want secondhand smoke, even the residue or the smell around their kids. It, it's probably a bit hysterical. <laughs> it really is. Go back to those California campaigns of secondhand smoke being a first-rate killer. It, it's a bit of hysterics that was going on when i lived in vegas in the early 2000s okay but there are people who firmly believe that if they can smell smoke on you you're damaging their lungs now right whether you agree with them or not what are you there for to prove a point or to get paid to gain exactly. a client or to push one away the, there was the money was spent for you to to have that opportunity whether you capitalize on it or not. So you might as well gain a friend, gain a client, and move forward. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I would love for all technicians to to literally just stop smoking. Like, I would love that because these are the people I serve. This is what I do for a living is serve technicians. Uh, my clients are techs, 100%. And it's killing them. It's making them live shorter lives. It's making them live less pleasant lives. This, this is just a fact. Your lung capacity is less. And uh, it stinks. And I don't want to be around it either. <laughs> so knock it off. Well, All right, we're done, guys. No more smoking in the trays. Should, should, I cancel, should I cancel the Camel sponsorship that reached out to us, Brian? I'm, I'm a no, little no, like don't it. cancel that. We need a sponsorship. You know what? We're scratching all that. Smoke them if you got them, baby. <laughs> Let's get paid finally, Nate. You know what I mean, bro? Let's get this money. Yeah, there you go. And it would pour in for that, you know. But yeah, like I was talking with my cousin the other day, you know, we were I, we were talking about nicotine and the addiction and we were just talking about discipline here earlier, right? It's all discipline, right? You oh, I can't quit. Yeah, you can. You know, I'm I've been a tobacco chewer for the best better portion of my life, you know, with dip or whatever you want to call it but the grizzly you know but it's all it's we could all tell by mental. your accent tony we knew you didn't have to <laughs> oh yeah hey look here buddy you got it but yeah no i mean it's all mental it's what you decide to do 
It's what you decide to do. And if you want to do it, you'll do it. Yeah, so you know what that, it is. There, there's always that. It's like we talk about the 100K day oftentimes in my training where where the guys are like, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't sell a club membership yesterday or whatever. I couldn't get a five-star review yesterday. And I was like, and I'll just be like, what if Tony Zach came in here with a briefcase full of cash? It's, it's 100 grand in cash. It's one, each person has the opportunity to get it, but you have to get a minimum of five Google reviews today. And I say, what if you only had four calls? Would you get it done? Absolutely. How? And then they'll just list off all the, the ways they would get it done. They're like, oh, <laughs> hey, I got an idea. Do that tomorrow. <laughs> just go do that tomorrow. <laughs> and it's the same thing with the smoking. If if I give you, you know, 10 grand right now to stop smoking. And I'm going to check with you in six months. And if you have not, we're going to test your hair, I guess. And if we find out you have not <laughs> smoked a cigarette or used nicotine in any way, the other 90 in cash is going to be paid to you. One, you would do it. Two, your wife <laughs> would make darn sure you did it. Like, of course, we can do it. It's just a matter of how important is it to us, you know? And it, that's, right. a, that's anything really in life. Well, you know, in training, you can you can lead your team to the water, but you can't make them drink. You know, so when we talk about being in the people business, we really are. You know, we have to always evaluate who we're hiring and trying to hire right. And does that mean that Tony Zach's uh, locations get that right? No, we don't. We're just like everybody else. You know, we we're, we're we 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 make our own set of mistakes and we try to pick up and, and the most important thing is, is can we learn from it? How do we become better by the mistake that we just made? That's the mistake that you make by not learning, you know, by not reviewing that, by not looking at the end of your day and saying, man, I really missed it on that. I should have handled this situation better, or I should have, spoken to this person a little different or maybe if i'd have made this comment it'd have been a little different out mm, the unexamined life is not worth living what was that plato socrates socrates and that is what <laughs> it means to be to have an examined life is like you know take notes have your wits about you say what did i do today what what could i have done better what should i do less of so tony yeah. A, a minute ago, yeah, discipline, you were talking about that as well as some other things. And so I, I want to dive into that a little bit. Define for us, if you can, the difference between motivation and drive. Well, to simplify it, I'd, I'd definitely say, you know, typically motivation's temporary, drive is permanent. Drive is an innate ability inside of yourself to always push to be better no matter the circumstance. I think motivation is something that, that there's not, I don't want to put a timeline on motivation. You could be motivated just like Brian said, you could be motivated for six months to quit smoking because you have that carrot in front of you, right? But drive is not having that carrot and still pushing for it. I was speaking with somebody earlier, you know, uh, I've had previous positions where there was no extra incentive to sell more, right? Like I, that was my salary, right? Uh, you know, they, they trusted me enough that I was just going to go out and do very well and make sales for them. 
and I did. I didn't need at the. I did not need for them to say we're going to give you a commission, right? Now, when I did have jobs that gave me a commission, you know, it's not to say that I didn't do better because of the carrot and the motivation was there. But I had that drive to win at that other company. I had the drive to try to beat the other salespeople in that company internally. You know, so to me, that's the difference between drive. You're always pushing with drive. Motivation's going to push you over that edge because the carrot's there. But that doesn't mean that there's a timeline on that motivation. So how do I know? How do I know if I have drive? How do I know if I am driven as a technician? Because you're, you're, you're going about your job the right way, no matter the sale. You have an innate ability inside of yourself that you're going to do things the right way, no matter the sale, right? So to me, the motivation is getting the sale, but the drive is doing the right thing the whole way through, whether you get the sale or not. In other words, it could be a system of processes, right? Like Brian had said earlier, you know, we can have great technicians who do great work and they're great at that process, but they have to have the drive to continue to fulfill that process. I don't know if that. So, and, and really when you're, when you're looking hard. for that, you know, can you man, if, if, uh, if I feel like I'm not living up to that standard, can you manufacture drive, Tony? I don't think you can. So if I'm born with low drive, that's just, that's what's in the cards for me? I wouldn't say that. Well, I'm sorry, I'll let you answer, Tony. No, I mean, you know, that's, and that's a good question. Yeah. You know, and people can change. And the reason I say they can change is, is what do we do every, you know, we, we, we strive for personal growth. Like, you know, um, funny story about my son. He was like, dad, I need, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing some of these companies and, you know, uh, I'm asking, I, I got to come up with questions during the interview process and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, well ask, you know, a great question is, is son, what, ask them how they're going to help you with pers your personal growth. Do they have anything that they're going to do to enhance your personal growth? Do they help you with that? And I said, but before you ask that question, you better be able to tell them what you're doing for your own personal growth, you know? And so you do, I, I said no, but you do have the ability to create drive because you do have the ability to work on yourself, which is the hardest thing to ever accomplish is to conquer oneself, to conquer one's mind. I mean, you know, to continually grow and get better. Yeah, you can do it. It's just a lot of work to do it. Um, and, you know, I, people do it every day. But it, drive is, it's, it's, an, it's an eternal thing. And it, it, I think you can, I think you can. I think it would be tough, but I think you can. Do you just think, like a leader's not born. Do you think that people who have low drive recognize that they have low drive? I do. I do. If they're self-aware, you know, they may have to have some examples given to them, um, you know, and, and it depends on, it's all about environment, right? So, I mean, I don't know if they would classify themselves as I don't have any drive, but I feel like they may, uh, they may realize that, I mean, they're just not going to go for it. 
I hate to say it, but they're they're probably quitters. You know, I mean, they don't have the drive and the the discipline to move forward. So why bother? So what unless I'm, they've got Brian to motivate them in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <What> <laughs> that go so far. What I'm kind of getting to here, Tony, is you, you know, as an owner, you probably naturally have a, a very high level of drive. You certainly have a high level of expectation and those types of things. And as generally, as it trickles down through the company, the levels of drive and the levels of expectation decrease, right? Otherwise, we would have a bunch of owners sitting in our company. So sure. how, how do you as an owner or a manager, if somebody's listening to the show and, and they're, they're a leader of a team or some nature, how do we reconcile our definition of drive, our expectation of performance with the disparity of somebody else's who thinks they might be driven, thinks they might have uh, high levels of expectation, but we are missing the mark. You know, if, if I'm performing well, according to my own standard of expectation, I think I'm driven. I think I'm doing well. But when I match it up against your standard of expectation, it might pale in comparison. So to put it in another way, you know, Brian runs a 14-minute uh, a mile, and he might think that's fantastic until he goes up against somebody who runs a 7-minute mile, and then it's not so fantastic anymore. So how do we reconcile the difference as leaders or as technicians between what we want, you know, as high performers, as, as leaders, as, as people who are trying to motivate and develop, uh, against somebody who maybe doesn't have that high of a standard? How do we get them to that place? That's a good question. Because things can be real relative on that. Um, maybe you don't have the skill set to run that seven-minute mile, right? I mean, maybe it's just not within your capacity. But do you have the... Well, first, do you identify that you want to run a faster mile? Um, you're driven to go do that every day, so to speak. So do you have the capacity to do better? Or, or is the 14-minute mile where you're physically capable of doing? Um, and I think that, it, you know, mentally, right? So all of this, is it's all mental as well. Um, and so... You know, to grow into having to the ability to to drive yourself more. That's a good question, Nate. Um, I, I saw I saw on uh, one of the the marriage um, marriage marriage podcasts. You know, uh, marriage uh, improvement people that I follow. They were talking about improving your health. And they said, you know, set your goal as the goal is progress, not perfection. And I thought, you know, that that's that's pretty good. I, I like that from from a number of angles because what we're really looking for, even even if we have people who aren't measuring up to our standard necessarily, we're looking for progress, right? I mean, right. you you can do so much with progress. Somebody who says, okay, I'm at a I'm at a five or a 10 or a 15, whatever scale we're using. Here's where I am right now. And you mentioned it earlier, self-awareness. They recognize that's that that is where they are. And it may be, it may be the best that they can do right now. But if they settle for that, if, if they 
become complacent to that number, if they give themselves the permission to stop getting better, that's that's when defeat sets in and, and you're on a downward trajectory from there. Conversely, if you recognize that I'm at this level right now, but I want to be at that level tomorrow, I want to be at that level the next week, I think anybody in any industry and for sure in the trades would love to have that employee on their team saying, I can work with this. Oh, 100%. I agree with that. That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, and that, you know, look, and that's who you're looking for, right? Like you're looking for the guys who want to learn, who are eager to learn. You know, we believe in training the trades here, and sometimes we run a little heavy on that because we have, you know, we'll have, a, a green helper come in or, you know, or we'll have a, a, an apprentice who's been here for a year and, and look, if they don't have the desire to learn and the desire to ask, I mean, I always ask our Texas, you know, and I'll call this guy's name out. His name's Aiden and he's a fantastic young man and he is a sponge and you know, he, and thankfully he inspires some of the, some of our other apprentices to be, to have become more of a sponge because they see that all of the technicians will pour into you if you have that desire. If you're just here to get that check and, you know, make you eight, make you 40, they're not going to pour into you. They're going to slide you out of the way because they're ready to get their job done. They're not going to watch you do it. And, you know, and I, and that, and I just, that's something I just love because that guy's, he, you're not leading him to the trough. He's walking up to the trough and he's drinking all he can to begin with. And he wants to soak it all in, but it's your job as a leader to not let that daggum fire go out. You have got to foster that thing. And you got, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, you've got the grind. You've got to deal with the grind, you know, and as you're moving through an apprenticeship, you know, maybe you're you're doing some some heavy lifting with, with trenching or, you know, you're out there with hand hand shoveling and doing the grinding work, but you've they've got to work, be able to work through that grind and appreciate what they're doing. And as a leader, you've got to identify that, make your teams aware of that and foster that so that that person, number one, is going to stay in the trades. And number two, you're going to do everything you can to keep him on your team. And, 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 and that's the other part of this business that is becoming so hard because there's becoming so few of us that these, these, these younger guys, we've got to continue to foster. You've got to be willing to change a little bit. It's not, and, and that's a challenge too, because, you know, we're the three of us right here on this are all just different generation. We may be close to the same generation, but we're, we're different in the fact of how we were, you know, everybody comes from a different walk of life. So, you know, you can't, you can't take that apprentice and that green apprentice and, they, they're dealing with a boomer who, who has absolutely no patience with them, then don't put him with that boomer, right? Don't put him with them if that's how that relationship's going to be. But if that boomer's wanting to teach and pass on his knowledge, 
then that's a strong bond right there. You just have to have the right connection. Whose job is it to be improving? Is it the leader's job to make sure that his team is improving or is it the members of his team to make sure that they are improving? I think it's the leader's job to be, well, talking about, so we're working on the six geniuses right now with that Patrick Lencioni. <clears throat> and I may have just mispronounced his name. I'm not sure, but no, that was it. You know, uh, you know, you've got galvanizers, you've got enablers. I mean, I've really enjoyed this book. Um, you, so you have to have. I mean, your your leadership team has got to be focused on that growth, and that is how the rest of your team learns to become better. Right? Like, so. You know, some days in training, I'll break up the training and just start talking about how I want everybody to get into a 401k. I'm no financial genius, none at all, you know, but I know that it's important. And I know that if my team sees me and that I'm talking about it and that I'm talking about my experience with it and the fact that they get a match with it, then I'm hoping that that conveys to them that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, I've got to invest into my retirement. I have to invest into myself to become better. It's not just going to come to me. And look, and we have technicians too that, you know, they're the, they're, they are the spider web waiting on the next fly instead of being more proactive about their career. They, they're, how can I, how can I get this guy to do better? And, uh, you know, fortunately I've got a real hard head. I know that you can't, I have learned in, in my career, you can't change people, but you can encourage them to change. And then they're the ones that have to, to carry that, to carry that on, man. I have run into so many daggum walls at full speed and just clobbered myself thinking that I could change people. And, uh, and get so disappointed when I've been unable to. But I finally, uh, it's, been, it's been a few years now that I've realized, you know, look, you, you've, you, you've got to give them all the tools that you can for them to succeed. Push them as much as you can. And they've got to take that staff and run with it at some point in time. See, I think you're right there because, you know, I, the, the question comes to mind, whose job is it to make sure that my marriage succeeds? I'm, I think it's it's both. It's my wife's job and my job to make sure that we we love each other and we do all the things, all the habits, all the behaviors uh, to make sure that that succeeds, right? So that means from a from a leadership to a technician standpoint, it's both. The leader must be pursuing getting better and making sure his team is getting better, but his team also needs to be accepting that they too need to participate in the act of getting better. Earlier, we were talking about the difference between drive and motivation. And I would, again, relate that back to you know marriage or relationship. Do I wake up every day perfectly in love with my wife? Do I wake up every day feeling romantic and, and looking to you know woo her and, and all these things? No. Uh, but if I don't have that, I lack the motivation to continue the relationship. Uh, now, I do wake up every day with the drive. And in this case, the commitment to make sure that I love my wife and that I love her well. And it's the combination of the two. You need the drive, you need the love and commitment, 
And you also need the motivation, the romance and the, you know, the emotional highs to make for that beautiful coming together of a great relationship. And in our case, you know, a great technician in the field. Uh, and that's what we're looking for. We want people who are driven on a regular basis. You said without a carrot, they still perform well. And then as leaders and as, and as owners and things like that, we can put carrots in front of them to make that motivation all the more effective to really put water upon the seeds of drive that are already there. Yeah. 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 That's a great, that's another great way of putting it. But yeah, it is, it's a two way street. It's a two way street and it's frustrating, you know, because everybody has different lifestyles and something may happen and, you know, they're off track and it, it can be frustrating as a leader to see that. But do, do they have the ability to pull through it? And, and most of the time they do. It's, it's, do you have, as a leader, do you have the ability or the patience to see them through that difficulty and let them continue to grow? And sometimes that's the challenge, right? I mean, how, how long is patience good for, you know? Um, and we, I, I feel like we always hire good people, like good. And when I say I, good people, we're doing the right things. They feel the right way about a customer. You know, when we do an inspection, it's like doing one at your mother's house. That's how it should be. And those are the kinds of technicians that we want to hire. Um, but can they get their, you know, so look, sometimes they just can't get their life together enough to push through that. And where does, where's that patience at? Right. So, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to enable you to be successful. But like you said earlier, it's a two way street. If, if I don't ever feel like I'm getting that back, then it's, it's time for you to, to move on. And, and I'll tell you, and sometimes I have an issue with that. I hang on to people a little too long because I'm the I believe that they, that they're going to pull through that. And, and, you know, and people will be like, you know, I should have let them go six months ago. (laughs) Always difficult for sure. It is, it is. And you, when you have a family atmosphere, Nate, I mean, it really, it is that way. Yeah. Speaking of your family atmosphere, Tony, you know, you have a great group of people there. Tell us how, how is the Tony Zach team? How are you guys winning? Like, what are, what are the things that you would say, man, if somebody walked into our shop right now and they were like just observing us casually or going out in the field and doing a ride along, what would you say would be like, these are the top things that we are just, we're killing it in. Well, that's a difficult question. Cause I would hate for somebody to come into my shop most of the time. um and and i laugh at that because you know we're we're, i feel like we're no different than probably i have i have not probably done my due diligence and gone shop hopping and 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 that type of thing um but you know i feel like when you when you come to our shop in the morning you're going to see a lot of great relationships um you're going to see guys that are willing to help each other out um, don't get me wrong. We have our moments, but for the most part, most guys will take other guys on call. Most guys are willing to help other guys when they're in a jam. Um, and, and, and so there's not a, okay, who's on, we still run our calls. We have texts that, you know, we set it up pretty much daily, but there's always an issue here or there. And I feel like we, we work well to overcome that. 
there can be hot tempers, but at the end of the day, we're all grown men, grown ladies, and we are professionals, and that's how we're going to handle any problems that get a little hot. Um, I am a big believer in, in uh, being able to speak your mind and, and being able to push back on leadership when you don't think something's right. Or and I don't mean, I don't mean right as in moral compass right, but like. I don't think that's a good process. Well, I want you to push back on me on that. We just, just got to do it in the right way. So I feel like when people come to our shop, they're going to see that a lot of team bonding happens here in the mornings, like it probably does at most other shops. Uh, we're not very cliquish at all. Uh, we have a good time when we're together. Uh, and we, we get, we get the job done. We, we, we perform well with goals as a team more so than individual. We've got certain individuals that do real, real well with their individual goals, but as a team, we do real well with fulfilling a goal. Um, that is the important and, part after all. I mean, it's important on an individual level that guys are hitting their goals because you're talking about ultimately when you're talking about a performance pay system, you're talking about guys income, you know, you're talking right. about families be, being supported, but if goals are stretch goals and people are all making a good income and are, are at least temporarily satisfied with that income and the team is hitting its respective goals, you, you may have some people playing offense and some people playing defense, but if the team's winning and everybody's at least doing, be, ending up where they need to be, but still getting better, I, I consider that a win. Yeah, I do too. I mean, yeah, we've, I mean, we have individuals, thankfully that are hitting their goals. We, you know, we are a, uh, we don't really follow, you know, we have installers, but at the end of the day, we don't really have, uh, you know, sales guys. All of our guys are working technicians. We do push some work, but, um, you know, I, I, and I think that if you see our leadership team, that they're, that you're going to see a big win, right? You're going to see a, a leadership team that really cares about their team, um, you know, is asking questions and, and not just topical questions, right? Like get to know their family. Let's go to a ball game together. We do a lot of function. We try to do a lot of functions together. We have a lot of cookouts. We eat a lot of lunches. Um, you know, and food's family, right? I, 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 it's always been food is family to me. My family, we have always, I've always been a big Sunday, Sunday lunch, dinner, whatever you want to call it. I'm in the South, so I'll say Sunday dinner, even though that's lunch for us. Um, and so food is important. So we'll do Fridays, you know, what are we doing for lunch on Fridays? Maybe we're cooking out on Friday. Maybe we're, you know, ordering pizza for the staff but we want the technicians to come by and grab a burger and, and hang out with us and you know just really get to know each other instead of just hey man how you doing great you, you your number's good yeah okay good all right man let's roll get on the road blah 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 and, and that's expensive you know <laughs> It's expensive to see guys standing around in the morning, slapping each other's backs, cracking jokes, but having a good time. But it makes them come in every morning and have a good day. You know, it is expensive for sure, but it's also cheap when you think about what that 
what that investment, that small investment in 15, 20 minutes is doing from an ROI perspective, from a, from a employee retention perspective, from a going out and winning the day perspective, from a creating a culture that, that drives excellence perspective. You know, when you look at it from that angle, that's cheap. It's invaluable. You're right. Yeah, because where do You're people right. really bond more than, and I mean, obviously, the the be, the most significant bonding you're going to do with someone is is in a traumatic experience um really overcoming something together or going through something together but in just a day-to-day routine the place people bond the most is over food i mean it's nowhere even close and if you can if you can make that happen you know there's always those memes on facebook where it's like uh you know, poor culture, poor pay, the, the quick fixes slap a pizza party on it, you know? Um, and there is that to significant amount of that where it's like, I do nothing for the sake of my team's culture ever all year long. And then expect to uh, do a couple pizza parties and everybody should love it here. And I jump on social media and say how my my team's the best and they have the best (laughs) culture and it's a family and we all love each other, but put putting significant, uh, effort into your team every chance you get like a calculated effort that's like built into your business plan and maybe even a place you know like Tommy Mello does on his accountability chart with the with the dream manager the goal manager um, giving the people opportunity to eat together as often as possible man think about it Nate we, we managed and led teams together for nine years and if we had our morning meetings, you know, if, if I was doing a Wednesday morning uh, training, everybody was in a good mood, especially walking out, you know. But if we had food there and everybody was eating after the meeting, how much how much higher was the was the tempo and and how much happier was everyone and how much just more energetic were they all after having good conversations over a meal? just it's not even close like there's no i mean i was i was and that's really all that mattered to me at the moment and he had headphones on (laughs) and loud music in him he doesn't like people so much but he likes food (laughs) yeah Yeah, hey look you know it's amazing what that biscuit will do yeah breaking bread together are you you talking about nate's waist right now It is amazing. Look, you know, look, the last I saw Nate, he was working out hard. I don't remember (laughs) exactly. I think we were, were we in Phoenix where you're at now after a convention? You got it, buddy. I think we were. I think we were. Yep. But yeah, you know, it, it, you know, look, culture is so important and it, and, and, and that, I, heck, everything can be so cliche in business, right? Um, I think, you know, another thing you were talking about winning earlier. I mean, I think that uh, another important thing, too, is with leadership, you know, I'm still growing, right? I'm still going to make mistakes. And I tell my team, like, you know, I may not handle that situation with, you know, that just happened the right way. But understand that that I'm I'm also still on my journey of learning. And so, you know, when you make a mistake, I'm I realize that I make probably 10 more than you do in a day, right? So I'm not this, you know, I, I just, I think it's so important for you to tell your team, like, like we have a team of leadership and sometimes it'd be like, you know, such and such did such and such. And I'm like, well, remember, they're still in their journey of learning too, you know, and I'm glad you brought that to me. That's a good coachable moment, 
right? So let's 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 talk about that at our next meeting, and maybe we can get it right. Speaking so, of coach, I mean, yeah. Speaking of coachable moments, Tony, uh, as we start bringing the plane in for a landing here. You know, you've had the opportunity to speak into the lives of far more than just 70 techs, I'm sure, over the years. You know, people who've come and gone and, you know, retired or, or moved on to different careers or whatever it may be. What What are some of the encouragements that you have um, specifically in this, in this particular climate? Uh, I don't think it's a secret, certainly, and I, I think it's probably fair to say across the country there's definitely been a slowing of the the rate of business and the rate of demand that the last three years has afforded the trades and so you know some people this is they all they've known is crazy time right you know they got into the trades in 2020 and they've just known nothing but pedal to the metal the whole time and so there might be this uh anxiety about like whoa like what's going on here you know i i, I didn't i didn't have three calls today i didn't have four calls today or you know, maybe maybe some of the clients they're seeing the the purse strings are a little bit tighter than they're used to, and so speaking of coachable moments and having words of encouragement in those times, what would you say to our listeners who are feeling some anxieties or you know just a little bit of uncertainty about the current environment? You know. Uh, so what do you do when you get into a slump? You always go back to the basics, right? And so, you know, that we're, yeah, we're, we're going through a, a challenge in time in the country, I think, with the, with the slowdown. And I think that, uh, you know, it's a good time for every, it's time to go back. It's time to go back and go through everything. And, and, you know, Nate, I've been fortunate that usually, I don't know why it is, but around January, into January, February, I am tearing through everything I'm doing as far as advertising goes, right? Like I am going all the way down to the, to the smallest advertising dollar that I spend. And what I mean by that is maybe it's a you know, a small no local newspaper ad or what have you, but I'm going through everything. And so when, when times get a little tough, that's, I feel like you really have to bear down. You have to really look at your processes and, and, and it's not about, we always go, we need more calls. We need more calls. You know what we need to be doing? We need to be taking care better of the calls that we have in front of us or running them instead of worrying about the next call. And don't get me wrong. Now, when the, when the board's empty, you know, what are you going to do about that? Right. How, what, what other low cost, no cost marketing tactics do you have? But, um, you know, when we started in, in 2010, we were still kind of coming out of the, the recession then. And, and, you know, we were knocking on doors and it's a lot different atmosphere than it was back then. You can't really go knock on a lot of doors and, and <laughs> people aren't going to be so welcoming anymore just because of how crazy things have gotten. But there's still all kinds of opportunities out there. Um, and people are, you know, we, we're still seeing very high average tickets. Um, and it's about, it's really about getting back to the basics of your business. Um, 
you know, I had a lady remind me not long ago, I've always said this. And uh, when I first got into business, I was like, you know, look, the customer's always right. Well, the customer's not always right, but they always have to win. And that's, that's, I've said that since I've learned that hard lesson back in probably 2010, they always have to win. And so when you, when you're down in the dumps and you've got another customer that may be complaining about something, they got to win, right? They, you, they, they, they need to win so that you win in the end, right? So, you know, another, it's another reminder that you may, you, you've got to just go back to where you came from and start working in your business from that aspect. If you've made a lot of improvements um, and, and you need to really drill those down, what is successful, get rid of the excess as far as, you know, anything you may be hanging on to uh, that, that's not really successful. You've got to get lean and mean and you can, you, you just get focused on that. I think that's the key. Um, you know, we've been very fortunate through the, through this and, uh, and I don't, I don't think it's over by a long shot, but that's what I'm going to keep doing is drilling down our focusing in on our success because success sells success. And, uh, we've been very fortunate and blessed for the last 13 years. And I think a lot of that has to do with staying grounded and just following the simple principles of business, which is, you know, you treat others as you want to be treated. You take care of your neighbors. Um, you know, it's not all, you just, you always have to do the right thing and you have to drill that down into your, into your teammates and your techs and, um, just take care of your customer. Like they're your last. Hey, great words to end there on Tony. A fantastic reminder to all of us to keep that as a key focus for us. If people are interested in learning more about you, your business, or how to uh, learn more about the trades in general, is there a good place to find you? If they're not interested in learning more from Tony Zach, <laughs> there's something wrong with them. Yeah, I hear you. I You're do so mean nice. it. It's funny. I talked to some people <laughs> where, where they're like, man, my phone blew up like crazy. My email blew up like crazy after my episode. And I talked to some people and they're like, one person reached out to me and I'm like, and, and it has no bearing on how many downloads because some with some people who weren't contacted are way more downloads than the people who were. And I'm just like, I, I can't understand it. There's no rhyme or reason to it for me because if I'm listening to a show, dude, I'm listening to, to, uh, to the point podcast, you know, Chris Yano's show. I don't know what that was two years ago now. And he had Leland Smith on who built, service champions founded service champions which is like i don't know 600 million dollar hvac plumbing business in southern california and, and now kind of all over the place it's crazy and um he and he like put his email in there <laughs> and i don't i think i listened to it the day after it came out but i had to be one of the fastest people to email and i don't own a company i'm you know i was whatever I was at the time, vice president of sales or, or uh, ops manager of a plumbing and electrical company. And I, I emailed it before he was done saying the letters in his email. I was like on the, on my phone pulled over with the flashers on email. And I'm like, can I come see your shop? Like no question about how I was going to get from PA to Southern <laughs> California. And, uh, 
someone else answered the email naturally and said, yeah, man, we'd love <laughs> to have you. But for, for these guys who are, you know, so far ahead of so many people listening, like Tony running a $16 million operation. I, I Heck, I am walking amongst giants with the guys y'all interview. So, I mean, some of the people we interview are, are... I mean, my goodness, yeah. But regardless, and even regardless of whether they're ahead of you, like there are things that you said today that seem very natural to you that are very unnatural to so many people listening. And if there's one, I don't care if you're a $200 million company, if there's something that resonated there and you get his info and you don't use it, you're... You know, why not? Just ask yourself what you're shy? Seriously? Right. Yeah. This right. is your team you're talking. Like your team is going to get better as a result of you using some of these emails and phone numbers that people leave. And it's free. Like I guarantee you, Tony's not gonna ask you for money to, to chat with you for a few minutes. Like he does to me and Nate. Yeah. <laughs> so no pressure, yeah. Tony. I mean, you know, just email. I, I, phone yeah, number. I, mean, I don't. I don't mind somebody getting an email from me. I, you know, I mean, heck, I, I, I mean, I'll be happy to answer them and help them any way I can. Um, Bank account, uh, you know, pin number, social. Yeah. Okay. Well, not enough in that to go around. But uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, so uh, yeah. How can people get a hold of you if they're if they're looking for more? I would just, I mean, I'd be happy. I would say my email address would be the best way. I mean, Mr. Sparky spelled out GS, like Grand Strand at gmail.com. M-I-S-T-E-R? Yeah. S-P-A-R-K-Y-G-S at gmail.com. Easy peasy. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Fishing's good in October. this october me and i just started my new role like uh, yeah yeah you got to go you got some you got some head waters to get through yep, but, yeah. yep. but man it's been a blast these these guys here uh we, don't, we only have seven seven plumbers in trucks but we just added the eighth we got the ninth coming in uh That's next awesome. week and i got i don't know 15 more interviews that sweet uh just beating the door down to come join the hey, team. Hey, who are you using for your interviews, both of y'all? What do you mean? So, there, look, I, I I had this company called Yellowstone. Contacted. Great show, by the way. So that's that's a win. Yeah, I, well, I, I've never actually seen it, but they what? contacted me. And they said, look, uh, you know, we, we hire for the trades. And I'm like, hmm. Okay, let's talk to you. I, I mean, I'm I'm one of those since I've been in sales, I I have a bad tendency to listen to about every salesperson that comes through my door because you <laughs> never know the next silver bullet, right? So anyway, recruiting it we always use Indeed, right? And it is cumbersome because it requires somebody to get back to them quick as quick. I mean, just and if like you're busy as hell running a new branch right for you so do you have the time to invest well you're making the time to invest but with yellowstone and they said how much are you spending on indeed every month and it you know between all of our places it's quite substantial and uh, he's like i think i can save you money and be your recruiter and so they're they have become very aggressive for us uh and they they, to a large degree, they vet everybody out. So if you need help, I, 
I'm, I've been very, very pleased with them. They using like I've cut Indeed off hundred percent, but they put us on Indeed. They put us on Monster. They put us on everybody, and then they go and search for technicians that have like say they were on Indeed six months ago. Well, that's a prime candidate. Let's reach out to that guy. Maybe he's not happy at his current job. Oh yeah, so that's enough do. time to know if you don't like a place. Right. So, you know, they're, so they're proactive in that sense. So just keep that in mind. If you get, if you get at a stopping point and you're like, man, love it. I need somebody to help me. Yeah. And I'm sure they're going to appreciate that shout out, buddy. <laughs> hey, great place to end it there on Tony. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. It's always good to talk to you and we look forward to hearing from you again. Yep. Yeah, man. We'll see y'all in November, I guess. Yeah, or buddy. October, November. Hey, if you want to hear more from Tony, if you want to hear more from Tony Zach, check out the Authority Brands Convention 2022 episode that we did. Uh, it released the day after Christmas 2022, so 12 26 22. Nate and I just had a uh, Mark Dawson of Authority Brands was cool enough to set us up a booth. Um, at the convention and we just did kind of a man on the street thing. We, we just ran into people throughout the, the two days we were there and said, Hey, this day, this time we're going to be set up. If you want to swing by, have a chat with us. And Tony was one of those people and it was a great, there were just short little clip interviews. It was a great interview. Um, <clears throat> man, so many people jumped on, but Richie and Marty, uh, also of, of South Carolina, uh, I think they're the biggest by revenue, they are the biggest one hour, right? Uh, I think I think they are they're in the top three or four every month. Oh, service minds is going to be the top. Okay, they're top three easily. Yeah, uh, revenue. Yeah, those guys do a tremendous job. They really do. Yeah, I and they're going to the be dynamic uh, duo. They are dynamic. They're they're going to be <laughs> on the show here in the next few weeks as well. So that'll be cool to <laughs> have them pretty close together. But yeah, there's a there's a ton of good. Uh, good short interviews on there. And if you want more, Tony, check it out. Hey, that's a wrap for this podcast. We hope that you enjoyed everything that you heard today from Tony. Always good to talk to him. And of course, a lot of great things that he's doing there at his shops, including leadership development, focusing on who the next leader could be. And of course, delivering people who have drive and developing the drive within them to the next level that he is looking for doing things like motivation and training and so much more. I hope you enjoyed the show. It's uh, It's been our pleasure to bring him to you. And of course, we're always looking for great guests to have on the show and to bring good content for you. If you have a suggestion as to who you'd like to hear, we'd love to hear it. So drop us a line, hit us up with a review or a comment or something like that on social media, and we'll see what we can do. As for now, we're going to leave you with our weekly challenge, which remains the same, to choose to wake up each and every morning and waste no day. <laughs>